Hey man, how's your week? Saturday. Um, my week was good. I had a very, I'd like to think, productive slash satisfying week. To be fair, I'm like very, very happy with how my week's been. Um, I just came back from a supervision right now. It was on um, American history, modern American history on the Vietnam War. Just kind of assessing why, essentially, why America, like ended involvement in vietnam in 1973 like why was it the longest war in like for, in american history at that mm. point in time when on paper america was clearly the more technologically superior force it was quite interesting to kind of because i did it for it? gcse don't test me bro <laughs> <laughs> i just had my supervision so we're not gonna go there um but like yeah it, it was a really interesting topic um and it's something i did at gcse mm. so it was nice to have that background knowledge yeah. um and yeah man i just i enjoyed enjoyed that part yeah. of the week it's but very powerful when you when you're asked things that you already have like a background info and knowledge on yeah so everything you do you kind of already you already have like a a foundation yeah man and my week's been all right um i've been settling into my routine a bit so it's like third week fourth week here um and i came across this saying that i feel like it kind of reaffirmed the how i feel about go, getting into my routine which was that everyone has a routine some people they're they're aware of their routine and some people aren't um and that, for me it was quite important because i used to think about the word routine almost as a derogatory word mm. it was it was a negative thing because for me it kind of had connotations of being very strict and limiting and it means that you can't do what you want you have to sort of almost live a robotic life but as but when i heard like everyone has a routine mm. just but really and truly, even people that think they're living like quite freely and whatever, you have a routine. You're just not aware of it because um, you have habits. We all have habits. You're just mm. not aware. You're just not putting them in front of you and sort of arranging them as you want. So for me, it was uh, when I came across that saying, I was like, yeah, it's nice. You know what? I'm a big productivity nerd. So like, I watch so many productivity videos on YouTube. Uh, you, do you know what I mean? Have you Absolutely. seen them? Yeah, Harry knows Absolutely. what I mean. Harry knows what I mean. <laughs> but um, the biggest thing about habits that I found is that it's so hard for them to stick. You know what I mean? It's easy to get, I mean, it's relatively easy to kind of do them for a week or two, um, but it's very difficult for them to stick. I read a really interesting book called Atomic Habits. I think it's by James Clear. I think if I've, you I've, got, I've yeah, definitely heard of it. Yeah, Amazing yeah. book. And, and one, of the, one of the things that really resonated with, with me in it is the idea that if you're going to go for a run every morning, the best thing to do is to actually get your, is simply just to say, I'm going to put my shoes on in the morning mm. i'm gonna put my running shoes on and if i can get my running shoes on in the morning then actually i've got a path of least resistance right? that's it least resistance and actually exactly. and, that, and yeah. that is 100 percent it and yeah, i think yeah. that was for me the, the thing that really clicked it's about not straining yourself mentally not exerting yourself it, it so much before you've even done the actual action yeah. right and actually just simply building up that small step yeah. that actually then leads to the to the much greater habit later on yeah for all Absolutely. of our guests listeners viewers were like wondering who this wise man is <laughs> harry can you please introduce yourself uh my name is so my name is an uh, absolute pleasure to be here guys <laughs> my name is uh harry i'm a second year english student up at girton college uh here in cambridge um i'm from essex originally um was born and raised in in cambridge though so i went to uh, uh state school not far away from cambridge so some of you might be thinking, why was I mad enough to stay? Um, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's 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 a pretty it's pretty great university. 
university, but also um, some wonderful educational opportunities and a great course. And I seem to be enjoying it so far. So <laughs> definitely. we're still here. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. How was your week, Harry? My week was great. A uh, bit of a, an emotional roller coaster, I have to say. Um, like when you're up at uh, Girton, you sort of your, your bike is, is really your, your trusty steed. And without it, things can go pretty wrong. And, uh, and my bike, um, who is called Megan, um, Megan actually broke at the beginning of the week. Oh. There is a story behind why she is named. I promise I'm not a, a, a psycho, I swear. Um, I promise. But um, no, so she, so she actually um, broke at the beginning of the week. And then across the course of the week, there's been a drama about actually getting her repaired. No. But this evening, this evening, thank the Lord, she is, uh, she is, she is safe. And, uh, and, and she actually got, uh, got me here to okay. your podcast. Guys. Megan has so, returned. So, honestly, thank you, Megan. Thank you, Megan. You know we're, but we're, we're glad she's back on track. That's it. I had a similar experience happen to me. Like uh -huh. I broke my laptop uh -huh. a few weeks oh, ago and like yeah. your laptop is probably just as important mm. to any student at university oh, anywhere. Gotcha. So I didn't know what I was doing with my life <laughs> <laughs> without my laptop. Um, I had to use the, the computers in the library, which yeah. was obviously a, a good enough alternative. Well, tell the yeah. truth, man. This guy, he, he had to... <laughs> what? <laughs> he brought back a laptop I haven't seen for like... <laughs> For 10 years, 20 years. Yeah, I had you to must have dusted that off oh the top shelf. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, I remember seeing I was like, bro, what is, what is this? It took up like half the desk. <laughs> bro, it was so heavy yeah. to carry. It's retro. It's, it's retro. retro. It's, it's got to be retro. Vintage. Vintage. Yeah, vintage. We love that. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> but yeah, you broke yeah. But yeah, um, Harry, man, let's let's get into your story, man. Sure. Let's get into how you've become the person you are well, today. what would you like to know <laughs> So first? let's start at the beginning, of course. Mm. Um, tell us some of your earliest memories. Um, wow. Yeah, tell us. Oh, uh, well, I mean... I, so I uh, was born in Cambridge, but I um, was raised originally in a town called Bishop Stortford, which is on the kind of, it's not far away from Cambridgeshire, but it's on, it's into Essex. And, uh, and well, and we grew up on uh, an estate called uh, Thorley Park. And then by the time I was around two, I moved to uh, the borders of Cambridge, um, Cambridgeshire and um, into a small village called Castle Camps. Big up, we love. <laughs> um, um, I worked very hard at GCSE, and uh, I went to a sixth form called Hills Road Sixth Form College, which is quite well known mm -hmm. um, because it's one of the biggest sort of providers for um, Oxbridge students mm -hmm. um, in the country outside of most private schools. And there was like um, a study that was done a few years before uh, before I joined um, that said it was something like third in the country behind Eton and Westminster, wow, which yeah. is mental. I had some great times in my secondary school. It was it was a comprehensive um, and uh, and was and was, you know, comprehensive in all senses of the word, really. I think, you know, the variety of people that went there, the variety of talents on offer, um, the kind of people that you met, the teachers that you had. Um, and then to go from that to 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 somewhere like Hills was um, was was a great experience. I think I was ready for it. I think I, by the time I reached like A levels, I think I was ready for a larger place for one, one that was in a city like Cambridge. You know, more things to do, more people to get to know, more things to see. Um, but also one that was you know then refining what I wanted to do. You know, I did A levels in English, classics, history, and politics. Mm. Um, you could do four back then, and um, and I loved it. I really did love it. Not everybody did. It was a very competitive environment, and uh, and and was one that was quite strenuous. And mm -hmm. that's a you know that's a difficult time in your life. You're yeah. finding out a lot more about yourself as a person, and um, and 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 certainly I was you know I was the same. I was finding out a lot about myself. But I think f I was very lucky in that I, you know that place facilitated that mm -hmm. and brought the best out of me and kind of um, ch like taught me to aspire to more. 
mm-hmm. and, uh, and and actually say, you know what, give this a go mm-hmm. um, and maybe have a think about it. Definitely. So and I'm very grateful for that. Like during secondary and sixth form, what did you want to be? Who did you want <laughs> to be? What were your aspirations and how have they changed like yeah. uh, up until now? I think so. Um, like I said, I was never a really sporty kid when I was when I was growing up and uh, and I was quite happy to sort of be I was I was doing a lot of drama. So I, I kind of I just assumed that oh I'd be an actor. I I I'd eventually like. I think everyone like at one point <laughs> in their life wants to be an actor. Phase. I just literally, I think. honestly, like, and I think as um, and you know, and, and that was great. And and to be honest, and I still I'm still doing drama and theatre while I'm awesome. here at you know uni, and very uh, you know grateful to be doing that. Um, but I think for me it was never it was never a case of. I've got, I've got one thing in mind. I think it was always, I knew there were a couple of things I wanted to like maintain throughout my life, but I think it was more, the closest I could come to it, at least at secondary school, was that I knew I wanted to be a particular kind of person rather than mm. a particular kind of career. So it was it was like, I knew I wanted to be well-read. I knew I wanted to kind of be able to um, sort of hold the conversation. <laughs> mm. uh, I knew I kind of wanted to be um, relatively extroverted, but still reflective. You know, it was kind of, and uh, and that sounds like really interesting. I know yeah, that sounds yeah. really deep for a you know fourteen, fifteen year old, but <laughs> but I I genuinely cannot pin it down to like a specific career. Were that you conscious of this fact then, or are you like I think retrospectively, okay, definitely yeah. retrospectively, okay. because I don't I think it was a lot more nebulous yeah. than like a specific career path. Um, although then I got to sixth form. And then it became a, I actually do have a career in mind uh, and I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like uh, uh, the thing I was set on. And yes, like many lawyers, I did start by watching Suits. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, yes, I want to be, <laughs> be that guy. Um, I was like, I was like, I'm going to get a photographic memory. I don't, I don't, I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. And it was, uh, but, but for me, it was, it was about um, finding a skill that, uh, and I think this, and, and I could say this back then just as much as I could now, this this is not retrospective, but my, I was convinced that law was the thing for me because, you know, being empowered to, to help people was something that gave me a, a, like a lot of satisfaction. And I think to know that you did you did that as a career is, is important. And I think however that materialized, however that manifested, it didn't so much matter. But I think to be able to use your mind in a, in a, in a way that benefits people's lives mm-hmm. and actually kind of enriches this world in, in some way or another was something that, that intrigued me. And I was like, I, I was looking at figures growing up um, like... I guess Barack Obama and 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 other figures who I know who had been through the legal path and possessed qualities and a kind of and a kind of sort of intelligence about the world that I wanted to emulate. Mm. I absolutely wanted to emulate mm. and I and I saw as a really important step in in, in in taking your place in the world and trying to do something with it. Mm. Um, and so for me it was when I reached sixth form I was like I know I'd like to do really like like many people you know i want to do something with my life but it, i want to do something that, that gives back in some way um and i think for, for me law felt like the right path for sort of uh realizing that a bit of background my my uh my dad is a, a self-employed builder and carpenter um in the local area does a lot of work in uh essex has lived there most of his life he's traveled around the world um on work a lot but but is based in essex and my mum is um, a recently retired nurse mm. so she worked in the nhs again locally um for a very long time so so both of them in many ways are very selfless people um, and they gave a lot to me growing up that I, you know, I'm in, like more grateful than, you know, than, than words can, can describe. But without getting too emotional, um, I think the thing is, you know, for me, the most important lesson they taught me was that that is important, right? Is that, is that building essential qualities mm. that you 
whether whether I don't think they ever verbalized this, but I think it was more just a case of if you can build essential qualities about yourself, then you won't seek validation from others all the time, mm. right? You 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 can trust that that there's an element, there's something about you that that you like. And I think that that you know, for many people, is very difficult actually, mm. and 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 it isn't perfect as well. Like you, you, there will be days where you doubt yourself. There will be days where you are beating yourself up for for whatever it may be. But I think um, one of yeah, definitely one of the most important things that that they and and my and my grandparents sort of taught me growing mm. up was was that um, if you can find some essential things that you that you like about yourself or want to cultivate within yourself and you hold true. Um, I think that 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 is the best that you can do, really, and those are things that will remain rock solid even when times are tough and uh, and when things uh, are not going well. Um, and actually, those are the things that and the people that stay with you. You know, let's talk about some of those fundamental books that shaped your life mm. or changed the way that you thought about the world. Mm. Um, like, talk us through some of your favorite books and why were they impactful for you? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I mean. Um, one of the things we we talked about the other day, and I think this relates to what we just said, is that there's a some amazing quote um, that comes from a Roman playwright called Terence, and I think this this proves that um, you know sometimes when we look at classicists, we think how is this still relevant, right? But the, I think these words um, ring true, and uh, the quote is in Latin, and if I've if I've um, misquoted, please forgive me, but it's uh, hom a homo sum uh, humani nihil amea alianum puto and that basically means i am human and nothing that is human is foreign to me and i think as a principle for what we've just been talking about right that couldn't be more relevant um but also i think for reading i think that's so important too i think one of the main main advantages of reading is being able to tap into someone else's mindset in a way that that, that ver very few other mediums can or at least even if they do not in the same way so for me growing up um I think one of the most impactful books I read from a, like a young age was um, Homer's Odyssey. So like where I re I was actually uh, like read stories um, and uh, I did it. Did you guys ever read the Percy Jackson books? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the, you know like the kind of the books that were about like Greek gods yeah, and yeah, all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I was yeah, like yeah. I was super into like classical mythology. Yeah, I was a complete yeah, yeah. nerd for that stuff. Um, but but for me growing up, it was like. Um, Homer's Odyssey was was the first time that like some uh, I used to I was read like bedtime stories that mm. that were um, based on like the Greek myths and like Homer's Odyssey um, and for me it was the kind of the color with which it provided the world like mm. in terms of the kind of stories it was telling but also the humans behind them because regardless mm. of like how fantastical they became or how ridiculous the scale was or whatever it may be fundamentally it's about a guy trying to find his way home mm. and uh, and to his wife and it takes him 10 years to get back right yeah. across a relatively small uh, kind of sp spread of ocean but um but it's a fat <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's an absolute like it's it, it, you know there's a reason that it has endured for the you know amount of time yeah. that it has. So that was that was really important. I think from an because just from an imaginative point of view, because you you suddenly then you know you start to invent stories. And mm. I I was one of those kids who used to just like be constantly playing like or like coming up with new voices or whatever. Like <laughs> I I love to do impressions these days, and I think it go, like goes back to that. One of the main benefits of reading is that it's an opportunity to read a coherent body of text mm. that a lot of thinking has produced. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like we, like a podcast is amazing, yeah. but usually the, the kind of the stuff that c comes out of a podcast is um, things that 
come to mind straight away and then mm. you just say it whereas a piece of literature like re like a book is something that's been worked on for months and mm. years like someone has thought about every single word of that sentence mm. and there's a reason why they've written it in that way yeah so as a consumer as a reader there's so much value to be taken away mm. from that you know what I mean that coherent body of work yeah. so that's number one the second point that i really want to like um drop into this conversation i want to see what both of your thoughts are are what are our what our expectations from reading a book should be so i know a lot of people are reluctant to kind of pick up reading as a habit because it's it's quite a, it's quite an investment of their time it's quite a big investment of their time and their energy and there are more stimulating things that they could be doing otherwise mm. like going on social media for mm. example or watching youtube videos etc but my so um so my kind of like viewpoint on reading a book is a book is uh, okay, okay this is my qualification of what a good book is a good book is a book that makes you feel something you mm. know what i mean even if it's one sentence on one page if you think about the world differently or think about a concept differently from that one sentence mm. that book has is a good book because mm. it's you I mean it's had an impact on you so every time i read a new book i'm just looking for that one thing mm. and because my my kind of because my um criteria for success is so low my expectations are so low mm. every book always overachieves mm. you know what i mean <laughs> one of the one of the things that i think is so important about about reading is that you do it in a, on your terms mm. right and mm. and i think and i think you've ju you've brought that up so well and, mm. and you know for me reading on my terms was on my own terms was finding a way in which i could i, I used to be really like super kind of pernickety about um, not like folding corners in pages or highlighting in books or, you know, and actually I found that once I'd l allowed myself to do that and actually, you know, enjoy a book how I wanted to enjoy it, actually I could highlight and I could mm. quote from it and so on. I actually got so much more out of reading mm. because there's an active process in reading that is both just reading the words on the page and, in and enjoying them and getting away maybe from the story or from whatever the argument is or whatever it could be. But actually the the act of absorbing the you know the the craft and and, and the knowledge was was super interesting and, it, and important for you know for how my mind developed i guess and, and continues to develop um that's one thing i think um another as well is that like um and uh, as you said like there are different forms than just you know ridiculously chunky novels <laughs> as well like this is this is so important right because th i think we have such a particularly particularly amongst like if you you know it's less of a thing these days but like bookstagram and this kind of sort mm. of like aesthetic culture or whatever that's developed out of kind of being like really really well read or like are you reading this particular thing and it's kind of similar to that like whole like when you're younger and you go to parties or whatever and you know and and, and someone's put a particular track on the orcs chord or whatever <laughs> and then they're like oh why are you listening <laughs> to that that is so bad like why yeah. like oh my god change it you know there is a similar kind of like we don't acknowledge it, but there's a similar snobbery around reading that like, uh, and you know, and people are like, why, why are you reading that? But why aren't you reading War and Peace? Yeah. Like, what yeah, is yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah, like, yeah. like, you know, you gotta read the classics. Like, you're, yeah, you're <laughs> 16. If yeah, you're not, yeah. get, you're not gonna be a child prodigy unless you're, you know. <laughs> and it's just, and, and again, it comes back to that, like, you know, back to what we were saying at the very beginning of of the podcast, like about routine building, because it doesn't matter if you if you read. 
five pages of the most basic novel, if you've got pleasure and enjoyment out of it, mm. that's so much more important. What is it that Hector says in the History Boys? Good literature is like as if an author's reached out his hand to you. Yeah. yeah. We love that. Plot. <laughs> we love that. We love, we love the History Boys. I was very, I was, I was lucky. Hey, to let's be get in into a, that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was lucky to be in a production of uh, History Boys at, um, awesome. here in Cambridge, which was uh, a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, come on, Alan Bennett's got some great lines. Like <laughs> he, that, that man, that man is 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 quite incredible. What kind of stuff do you want to be doing more of in the future, Harry? Mm. <laughs> um, I want to. I I want to. I found if we're still going on this really inspirational journey. <laughs> okay, I found this. Um, this really great speech, which I would recommend to, to, to all of the listeners right now. Um, and it's, it's actually part of a series um, that's produced by the Almeida Theatre in Islington in London. Um, and it's on YouTube and it's um, called Figures of Speech by the Almeida Theatre. And Figures of Speech has this one speech, which is um, from Andrew Scott, um, famous actor. And, uh, and he repeats a speech um, uh, that's uh, written by um, a lady who I believe her name is Gloria Thompson. And uh, um, an utterly inspiring uh, African American lawyer, um, and she gave this speech to a group of graduates, and um, the they sort of uh, retrospectively named the speech "Choose One of Five. And the idea is, uh, have you guys heard of this before? You should absolutely listen to it; it's, it's wonderful. But the idea is, is that you've got five options of, of the kind of person you want to be when you when you graduate uni, and the first four, without spoiling too much, are in some way or another, not necessarily bad, but just, but narrow in some way. They've got a kind of narrowness to them um, or a lack of perspective. But the fifth one is by far and away the most strenuous, but it's also utterly rewarding. And she finishes the speech by saying, if you choose number five, you need to come and talk to me. <laughs> you know, you need to come and tell me about it. Um, and it's, um, and uh, as I say, I won't spoil too much about it, but, uh, but number five is, um, encapsulated by this wonderful part of the speech that she made where she says um, this one is strenuous right she says um, but the best I can I can come to it is um, sort of hang loose but stay vibrantly alive and I think that's 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 if I could encapsulate a life philosophy or something I'd love to live by she also says in choosing number five that um, as well as that, as well as that kind of maxim, she says um, that graduation is just a tiny, tiny pause for breath in what should be and will be a lifetime of education. Mm. Mm. And I think that idea of a lifetime of education is all that I could ever really want. Is kind of like, regardless of of you know, I'm I'm I've been very lucky since coming to uni and that I've managed to despite being an English student, acquire a job. Um, so I'm going to be a lawyer when I, when I leave, which is very, very exciting um, and trained to be a solicitor. So kind of realizing that dream. Um, but <laughs> believe it or not, we have graduate prospect. It's, inc <laughs> it's actually incredible. It's a miracle. Um, but, um, uh, but the thing is, sorry, all English students. Um, but that idea of, uh, of having a, you know, a lifetime of education, of, of, of meeting new people and, and gaining new experiences and um, absorbing knowledge and, and, and breaking out of your immediate purview, you know, trying to find things that will undermine your views, challenge your views, strengthen your views, whatever it may be. But as long as you are consistently committing to that, that's what I want to aspire to more than anything else. And I'd encourage your, your listeners to do the same. Very much sticking to our mantra, uh, 
genuine conversations with good friends. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's we love to hear it. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure, guys. Like, honestly, like, thank you very much for having me. Thank pleasure you so much for nice. coming on, man. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>